to another episode of the Between the Lines podcast. Today's episode will be a conversation surrounding the resume of the NBA season in late July. But before we go into that, we're going to briefly touch on the George Floyd situation. Take it away, Kyle. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot that could be said about the situation, but um, for me, I think it's just, I think it's good that people are are starting to like stop and, and really think about, you know, certain things that people are going through or, you know, African-Americans, um, things that they have to deal with and all that. And the fact that people are like, you know, opening up and wanting to listen and hear and understand, you know, what the actual problem is. I think that's, I think that's really good. I think it's a conversations that need to be had, you know, at this time. So I'm, I'm glad that people are like, you know, bringing it up and this is like what we're talking about. So. Yeah, I agree with Kyle on this one. I think um, what's going on in the world right now and uh, what the, the, the death of George Floyd triggered, uh, it's it's way bigger than uh, just what's going on in the in the U.S. I think uh, it, it expanded throughout the whole world. And uh, I mean, I have a pretty good example. My hometown has having protests right now. Uh, Portugal isn't uh, is a very small country. It's not very relevant uh, when it comes when people talk about these subjects. But it's a country that has been suffering with. Uh, problems with racism um, throughout those times and, and uh, police violence has been a huge thing there uh, for a long time and nobody talks about it and um, this 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 whole protest thing triggered something back in my home country which I think is perfect because people are actually standing up now uh, which they haven't been done in years and I think it's good and when it comes to, to here in the US uh, since I'm living here right now um, I mean I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy like like Kyle said, I'm happy with what people are doing, with the rights that people are fighting for, uh, with the results that we're getting there. It's, uh, it's it's clearly known that the that protesting and fighting for the right cause always brings um, the the good up. And um, now just a little bit of touching into the sports world. I uh, really hope uh, that all of this really affects the NFL finally. And I'm going to mention the NFL specifically because the NFL has had a lot of issues when it comes to to uh, racial disputes. And uh, I mean, there's just there's just a lot of issues with the NFL in general. I mean, we could talk about Kaepernick. We could spend a whole episode talking about what happened to Kaepernick and all other players. I just hope uh, when it comes to sports, that's what our podcast is about. I hope uh, I hope this also has a bigger impact uh, on the NFL and the way they treat the players. 100%. Um, I think I'll just start by saying, I think for everybody in this country, seeing what happened in Minneapolis and with George Floyd, it was just really sad on many different levels. And I think Kyle made a great point in terms of just listening and understanding, because I think for some people, they feel uncomfortable kind of talking about race. But at this point, there's been so many instances in just really the last decade even. But the only way we can like come together like as a unit and really make change is by understanding the positions of others and kind of putting ourselves in different shoes and seeing the world in a different light. And I actually want to just share a story real fast. So I was running in Oakland yesterday morning and three cops drove by right by me. And obviously I didn't think anything of it. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I had no reason to worry. But for a moment I thought like, if I was black, like how, how would I think about that? If I was, you know, driving my car, if I was standing in front of a 7-Eleven or if I was walking in a park late at night, would I have to worry about my body language? Would I have to worry about how I was 
you know, speaking to others? Would I have to worry about the clothes that I was wearing? Would I have to necessarily worry, you know, if a cop comes up and harasses me or even possibly arrests me or even worse, you know, those are things that I've never had to personally think about. But I think it just comes back to putting yourself in their shoes and really, you know, trying to understand. And if we can all come together, I think we can make great change. Um, I think that also has a lot to do with, you know, going going to the, the voting ballots when the new ones come out and getting the right leaders, getting the right, re- the, the right leaders in there that are going to make the change that we need. Definitely. Um, Definitely. That being said, though. Uh, let me touch on one more thing real quick, yeah. real quick. So, um, first of all, I love, I love that. I love that you're, you know, thinking about things in that way too, you know, um, these are like some of the things that, you know, often go through my mind when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm in certain situations. So, um, you know, and it's obviously not like, I, like I grew up in a, you know, a, a, a decent city, you know, so I obviously didn't have to deal with, you know, too much of these problems or too many of these problems, but, you know, still just amongst like the, my community and all that, like, I know people still deal with that. So, um, that's just, like you said, it's just good that like people are like thinking about things like that. And then something that I also like is that as we're moving on, like generation and generation now, like nobody's going to like put up with the old ways anymore, you know? So I'm, I'm glad that that's also happening. And then we also got to realize that this is not something that's going to change in just a day or a week or a month like this is something that's gonna that we got to keep working towards you know make sure that you know our people after us are you know are going to be you know all or try to get as much or as close to equal as possible so you know 100 percent. anybody else have any other thoughts on this before we move on nah man you guys said everything uh it is what it is just hope it's all for the bad, the best, you know? Damn straight. All right. We are a sports podcast, so let's go dive back into what we do best. So we're talking today about the NBA and the season resume in late July. So I'm going to kind of just give a brief summary of the format and what's going to be going down here. So the games are going to be held at the Walt Disney campus in Orlando. It's kind of this bubble type thing where all the players are going to be housed on the campus area. So there won't be people coming in and out. In terms of formatting, there'll be nine teams from the Eastern Conference that will be participating. There'll be 13 teams in the Western Conference that will be participating. When it comes to seeding for the playoffs, the top seven teams in each conference will be seeded normally, and there will be a play-in tournament possibly for the eighth seed if the team that is in the eighth seed is not more than four games ahead of the team that's in the ninth seed. To explain the tournament, it would basically basically be a best of two series where the team that's in the ninth seed would have to beat the eighth seed team two times in a row to secure the eighth seed spot. That being said, let's just dive right into this conversation about the basketball resume. What are you guys thoughts about, you know, the possibility of having no fans in an arena, you know, hot mics, we're going to see these players, you know, possibly we'll be hearing things that we don't usually get to hear. So I just need to hear what you guys have to say about that. Um, I think it has to happen, right? We gotta. I gotta see basketball, man. I got to see it. So if if it's gonna be without fans for a while, I'm I'm cool with it. As far as like having fans and and like how much they they affect the game, I know that's gonna be like a you know complete change. You know, I think you're gonna see like some different, or maybe we'll see you know like different play and all of that. So, but I, I think we just need it though. I think they need to start to get back first, and then and then we can work on fans from there. 
Yeah, um, I got a pretty good example to compare with. So the the soccer season just restarted in Portugal too, and um, I, I've been watching the games. Obviously, my 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 home team FC Porto, and they're not playing with fans either. Um, well, well, I knew it was gonna happen, of course, the same way as the NBA. But actually seeing it without fans, it's weird. You it's know, like, weird, huh? yeah. it's super weird. It's very <laughs> awkward. It's very. Like, just, wait, before you continue, cool. have any of you guys seen any of the UFC stuff without any fans? Nah. Oh, well, I think I saw a video, and it's it's just like it's just them just fighting, just it's just, just it's trip It's trippy, bro. It's eerie, just the whole vibe of it. But it's interesting at the same time, though. I think it's weird, man. I mean, watching watching a team that I've been like watching since I was a kid with like. A ton of fans without like the the noise just you miss the noise you miss the the excitement and i think that's going to have a big tone impact on the nba i mean uh my my team is playing worst i don't know if it's the fan or not but i think that that can be a very effective thing on the players heads because like when you think about home car advantage you think about the fans you think about the fans cheering for the players the chance the uh, everything everything surrounding the fans supporting the players and i think it's going to have a bigger impact that's going to have a huge impact on these players especially because they're just not used to these these guys nba players have been playing surrounded by fans since they they were, they were in middle school you know like so i mean it's just it's just weird it's, it's going to be weird for us it's going to be weird for them and i kind of like the ideas of uh putting speakers on um on courts so fans can uh scream or some shit like that from home i don't think if that's really going to happen i think it's i think it's interesting because the noise i re when i watch a sports game i'm really into the fans noise uh so that might help but still it's so awkward i i have how do you feel about the 2k noise thing the 2k Sorry. noise thing what do you mean like so, have you heard the like reports? They're saying that they're they're considering using two K, like the two K noises or like oh, fan noises. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, read that. I didn't, <laughs> no, I didn't see that. I, I hope they don't do that. That's very awkward. Yeah, that's I. Fuck. I have two thoughts about it. So, the first thought I have is one aspect where I think the NBA could really kind of turn a negative to a positive in this situation is. Obviously, you can't be having hot mics on the court where you're actually giving away real strategy and real game plans for certain teams. But if you can have mics, you know, maybe not on players, but in certain certain places surrounded on the perimeter of the court where you can kind of hear, you know, a little bit of a glimpse into the X and Ys of, you know, how teams are trying to accomplish different things. I think that could kind of really bring fans into a new light because we don't get that when there's when there's 30 or not it's usually 20,000 people in the NBA arena you can't hear anything on the court because everything's so loud everywhere else but I think that would be one cool way to kind of you know in this interesting format that's now existing to kind of move forward with and the other thing is I had a thought too you know how you kind of hear like sometimes um you know how like there's that saying in Seattle, it's the twelfth man. They get super loud out there. What if, mm -hmm. what if, what if they had just like a crazy stereo system and they plugged an iPhone in and they just like jacked up fan noise? Some I don't know. That sounds ridiculous, but it just it does seem ridiculous that the teams, you know, because the first seed that's going to be in the NBA playoffs, you know, what's their real home court advantage? 
right? So let's go, let's go right into that though. So I was reading online, like there's a few, you know, different ideas or explanations as to what that advantage might be. So some of those things were first possession, the second through fourth quarters, getting an extra personal foul to play with an extra (laughs) coaches challenge, first choice on hotels. (laughs) That's laughable. And even the ability to transport their little, their literal home court to the hardware itself. Thoughts? Um, I think it's all nonsense. I don't think it, it is, is all nonsense. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Oh my god, bro! I don't even know I what really, to say to that. <laughs> I really hope they don't. They don't do any of that. I mean, if there's no home court advantage, it is what it is. It's pure skill. The best team wins. It is what it is. You're not gonna give an extra fall, or you're not gonna bring the fucking hardwood from. TD Garden all the way to Orlando. You're gonna fucking ruin the hardwood on the way. Like you're just not gonna do that. Let's let just just let the teams play whoever the most skilled team wins. That's how it's supposed to be fair, right? Like Yeah. Oh, you're right, for <laughs> sure. Happen, right? <laughs> but in yeah. terms of us, you know, creatively thinking here, is there any way that you could really provide a home court advantage or just like in this unique situation with a resume and a remote site? It's kind of just out of the situation, you know, the best will win and that's how it'll play. Honestly, I don't think there is a way to to create like an actual home court feel without your fans there, you know, because fans act certain ways in different arenas, you know, like you have your, your Warriors fans, you know, when you go over there, they're they're loud, they're crazy versus when you go to like the Pelicans or whatever, like it's just like a different set of fans, like you that's the only way you're getting your true home court advantage. Maybe for some people, they like a different court, but I think the fans make the real home court advantage. Exactly. That's the point. Like, it's kind of insulting thinking you can replace fans' advantage with some extra falls or some shit. Like, I mean, so what? Like, the like uh, the Warriors fans are are louder than the Pelicans fans, so the Warriors' home court advantage will always be having two extra falls instead of just one extra fall because the, the Warriors were always louder. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they, we all know that there are uh, courts that are harder to play in. Um, we all know that home court advantage is a, is a reality. And, like, for example, it's really hard to play or at some point in 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 history, it was really hard to play in the Raiders stadium because of the fans. <laughs> and like, what 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 are you gonna do? Like, you're gonna give Raiders more advantage and more perks on a game just to replace the fans? Like, no, nah, that's not gonna happen. That's that's not that's not uh, a good idea. I think. I mean, if you have to press something right now, and if if you want to take it as a good as a good thing of not having fans, is the game is just pure skill right now. There are no interference, no fan noise. There is no uh, home court advantage when it comes to refs making calls or, you know what I'm saying, everything that's related to home court advantage doesn't exist, so it's pure and raw skill. There are no excuses here. You can yeah. say the refs were robbing a team because they always rob on the Warriors' court. I'm not saying that happens. I'm just saying, give an example. Or you're saying the, the fans uh, interfered in the game or whatever. No, that's just pure skill, and it's going to be decided by the best team winning. That's it. It's funny, though, like when you think about it, it kind of comes back to, you know, these NBA players, whether it was high school, whether it was college, or whether it's down the pros, they've been playing for numerous fans, you know, for the last, you know, probably anywhere from two to eight years of their life. So it's kind of like going back to, you know, that third grade pickup basketball game on the playground in um, elementary school in terms of, you know, we're just hooping and the best will win. 
So I think that's really cool and it's kind of interesting as well. But in terms of how the playoffs will kind of proceed, do you think because there's been such a long break in terms of the last time they played, I think it was damn near around March 10th or 11th was when mm-hmm. the season got suspended. Yeah. Do you think Do you think there's a scenario where there's going to be rust for certain teams, maybe maybe teams that are kind of have a lot of veterans in terms of, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to, you know, get back to playing speed and get their bodies right. Do you think it's possible that maybe a middle or lower seeded team could, you know, make a run in, in this kind of unique playoff format system? Um, so real quick, are they doing like a like a set of like tune up games or, no, or is it just those like those final play in games and then that's determines yeah. your seed? It's interesting though, right? So what i'm not great at math but i believe 13 plus 9 is 22 so there's 22 teams that are going to be playing from both the west and the east so it depends on what your schedule looks like right so if you were meant to play teams in your regular season that aren't going to be involved those games just erase from your schedule so i think i read something like there's there's one or two teams that could play three games and then there's a few teams that could play anywhere from six seven to eight games that's um, it's kind of wild, but I I think everybody's been like staying in shape. Though. I wanna you know I wanna say like as an NBA player, you know, and this is like your only job, and this is all you do. I would imagine that you're gonna find a court somewhere, or you've been working out. So I don't think they've really like like been out of shape. But as far as like getting into the rhythm of playing, I think um, I think everybody's gonna have to figure out how to get back into it, you know, because I don't think people have been running fives um, that often. I mean, unless they have in secret, you know, I wouldn't know. Um, I have to kind of disagree with Kyle here. Um, just for the simple, yeah, I have to disagree with you to the point that you said, like, everybody's working out and all of that. I mean, I believe so, but um, like people tend to forget that these players are human too. And with all that's been going on and with the virus and with all this stress, some of the players I just psychologically not as well as others. So, you know, like anxiety hits in, um, depression hits in, and there's a lot of issues that are not just the physical side of it. There's just not the physical preparation of it that I think are going to have a huge impact on these teams. I I mean, I I can talk about Utah, for example, what happened between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. We don't know how is that going to be on the court. And um, I mean... Damian Lillard saying he doesn't want to play if he doesn't have a real shot at the playoffs. You know, I think like a lot of players are frustrated by what's going on because I mean, as a person myself, uh, I, I had a lot of anxiety with this coronavirus thing. At some point, I was like scared or like overthinking about going to the streets and all of that. And my priority was not like school and work. My priority was taking care of myself. And I think these some of these players actually been through that you know like their priority at some point during this pandemic was not basketball because like i said they are humans they are not robots that play basketball 24 7 and that's it lebron is not going to be lebron forever and i'm saying it's like at some point during the quarantine some of these players might have been not focusing on basketball at all we know giannis antetokounmpo doesn't have a basketball court at home (laughs) that's that's mad funny but uh I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I don't know how to name players. I, don't, I, I have no I, no clue which player is down or, or up when it comes to psychological effect, but I think we're going to see a lot of players not doing as well as we expected, and then we cannot blame them. I think you actually both, you both make great points. I think that Kyle's right. There, there are some players that are 
have been in the league for a few years now and, you know, not a lot phases them in terms of, you know, whether it's the season or it's the off season, they're up in the gym getting shots. But I also think, Tiago, you're right too. There's, there's like everybody, I mean, how could you not, you know, be affected by everything that's happened with the coronavirus? I think you'd be like a Kawhi Leonard robot if it didn't affect you, at least in some ways. So I think it's hard to tell, right, when it's coming into these playoffs, like who's who's mentally fully there, who's physically fully there, and what teams have the right combination of players in between those both in between both those two things to really make a serious run. So yeah. I, I think that's tough. And that brings us to the next point. We have to talk about what if there is a situation where there's some players that come down with coronavirus. We're talking about a multiple set of series here. So let's say, you know, there's some real star players. Let's talk about, you know, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, or Jokic. What if what if those players that are are the most valuable pieces on their team, what if they come down? Does the NBA have to step in and say, you know, we can't continue because this this isn't really a realistic situation as to how these playoffs would have, you know, gone and essentially been played out if all those players were healthy? Um, well, two things on that. So I think for this situation, we kind of got to look at what's been happening with other soccer leagues that have like, started up and all that. So um, I think I read somewhere that the Premier League, I think they they all tested um, negative, so they're all good. And I think within um, within the Bundesliga in Germany, I think a player tested positive for it maybe at like the top of May. And I don't, I'm not sure. I, I I have to check up on it again, but I'm not sure how they handled that or if they just kept the player out. So I'm assuming that if someone is to come down with it, it they'd have to like quarantine for, you know, a, a couple of weeks or something like that. But of course it would like affect it if it was a major player or something. So that's also crazy. But then you also got to think about, there's a lot of players that are kind of iffy on even coming down to play because they don't they don't feel safe, you know. So, like, what if you have players like Dame who's like, for for obvious reasons he doesn't want to play, but let's say he's like, all right, I still don't want to play because of the virus is still going on, or you know, CP3 is like, I don't want to, you know, I don't even want to travel down there. So I think, I think that's all gonna like have a major impact on who's playing, who's winning, who's getting views, all that. So, Before you hop in here, Tiago, I want to ask you guys a question. Did you guys see Joe Ingles' comments? He said he doesn't give a shit. He's not playing. He's not risking the health of his family or, or his kids. He said playing basketball is not worth, you know, possibly, you know, infecting his family. Did you guys see that? Yes. I was going to talk about that. It's a powerful, I'm sorry, that's a powerful statement. Hand it off to Tiago. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, it's great that you mentioned it. It's the same thing. Uh, I mean, uh, for sure, some players that were going to refuse to play. And uh, the NBA actually stated that there are some players that are going to be eligible to replace uh, these players. I think J.R. Smith and Jamal Crawford are on that list of players oh, wow. that you can, yeah, that you can recruit to play for this league. But listen, um, for this to take place like if the nba season resumes which now it's most likely to happen they won't resume without everybody and i mean everybody that's going to be in orlando being uh, tested for negative listen it's just not going to happen if somebody if somebody gets the virus during this tournament god the nba is going to be in bad shape 
there's going to be a lot of controversy regarding the NBA. So I don't think I don't think there's any, not even one percent possibility that they're going to make this tournament without making a hundred percent sure that everybody, and I mean everybody, like people that work in the stands, people that are working in the background, whatever, they're all tested negative. It has to. So, so are you, are you saying that if one member of players on a team or even a staff member or a coach or an assistant coach, if any of them test positive for the virus, they'll have to shut down? Yes. During the tournament? After the tournament started? Yes. Really? If the tournament so. starts, I think so. If the tournament starts and there are issues with coronavirus again, it means that they were not careful enough. It is what it is, man. If you want to bring all these people back and if you're isolating them from the rest of the world, that you're isolating them for the reason, right? You're isolating them for not having them in contact with people that might have the virus. So you got to make sure that the people that are isolated are not contaminated with the virus. So yeah, I think the season will shut down if somebody gets the virus during the season because that's a bad sign. Um, well, real quick, never... I just want to say, um, like back to the Premier League um, idea. So they went through <laughs> rounds of testing. So. I don't know if the NBA plans on doing that, but Premier League did four rounds of testing to make sure everybody was good. So I'm hoping that if the NBA decides to come back, or I mean, I, when they decide to come back, if they do rounds of testing to, you know, make sure we're good instead of just like, oh, once and you're fine. Like we won't ever test you again, you know? No, I, I hope they take uh, extra care on that because we're talking about like very serious health uh, issues. And I'm not surprised players like John Eagles don't want to play. I mean, it's like I said, some people are really psychologically affected by it. Even if it, there is not 1% chance they get the virus, you might not even want to play. Maybe he's just not motivated. Maybe he's just concerned, you know. And I think it's a great idea to bring back these players like Jamal Crawford or J.R. Smith uh, with the opportunity of letting them play. Because I feel like teams like, well, the Nets, Kyrie is not playing for sure and Durant is not playing for sure. I mean, they might need an extra spot on the team to help on the playoffs um, or reaching the playoffs. The Jazz might need an extra piece without Joe Ingles because he's one of their main shooters. Um, but I hope these players also get, have the same treatment when it comes to taking care because J.R. Smith, and I'm going to talk about J.R. Smith specifically because he's been on the social media more than Jamal Crawford. Uh, a few days ago, he was beating a person up. I saw that. <laughs> so, um, so I really hope I really hope they make sure Jr. is all healthy, uh, and I hope I hope he's mentally fine. I love Jr. Smith as a player and as a person. I love him. It's just I love his personality. I've been following him since the Nuggets, but goddamn Jr. You really got to be careful if he come back to the league. I really want to see him playing basketball again. But like a week ago, he was beating shit people. He was beating people up because well, with the right reasons because they were messing with his car. But goddamn, bro, like. I mean, all right, let's let's not pretend that JR is not a character, though. I think we can all remember when he went around Cleveland shirtless for about two and a half months after winning the finals, and he was the Henny God there for about a month, too. So, yeah, that's Obama, not possible. Obama told him to put on a shirt, and he made a shirt that it's his torso on the shirt. That's literally his tattoos. That's crazy. That doesn't yeah. mean you can beat people up, but if they're certainly fucking with your car, it's a good reason no, to get them definitely. out of there. I mean, this was like a more of a comic relief of what I'm talking about, but like getting serious again and to sum this up, uh, I think they they the, they will have to take care of like all the, the the bad chances. Like they have to make sure nobody gets the virus, and um and yeah, let let's see how it goes. I mean, if people don't want to play, I don't censor them. But they just gotta find alternatives and other players to fill up that roster for like a few days contracts. Until All right. So now I have a question for you guys. So 
in kind of, you know, doing research for this show, I've seen that the NBA has stated if one player tests positive for the coronavirus, they're not going to stop stop the playoffs that are going to begin soon in late July. So what are your thoughts? Do you think, do you think that's fair? Do you think that's right? Do you think, do you think in terms of liability, they should be on the hook if, you know, one, two, three, four or five or more players get the coronavirus? Like where, where do we stand with that? Wait, Cal, before you speak, let, let me just ask this. Uh, when you, you read that just now? No, I, I read it two days ago when I was doing research for this okay. episode. They've, they've explicitly said, if one or two players get the coronavirus, they're not going to shut the season down. It seems yes. from what I've seen that they're expecting it's got to be anywhere from four or more players before they're going to stop. Just tell me, what, tell me one thing. They mean players testing positive before the season starts? Like, for no, example, oh, during the season? I'm talking about once it starts on July 31st again, if one to two players test positive for the coronavirus, that's not enough for them. As they've, as they've said at this point, to stop the league or stop the playoffs, or the games before the playoffs start and the playoffs from continuing. I mean, I'm on the positive side, so I'm hoping that you know, everybody's still safe or they've been quarantined, so we won't we won't run into this problem. Of course, there's a possibility, but I'm just going to stay on the positive side. Listen, even if they continue the season – uh, with one player testing positive during the season, the players are not going to feel safe, man. It's going to be a shit show. I guarantee you, even if after all the things that NBA is doing to make sure the season starts with everybody healthy, if one player tests positive in the second, third week uh, of this uh, comeback season, there will be a lot of players, and I mean a lot of players that are going to quit. I don't, I don't give a fuck if the league says we keep going. There's going to be a shit show. Players are going to be scared again, and whew, we don't want that to happen. Yeah, too. I think I think it's an interesting position. If I were, you know, ahead of the league or in charge, like Adam Sel- Adam Silver is, I couldn't say which way necessarily I'd side. But I think you always have to remember, you know, sports. You know, baseball isn't assumed to be, you know, much contact, but there are times where there's contact. And in terms of basketball and football, that's extreme contact. You know, there's body touching all the time. So in terms of who has the disease, it can spread like wildfire, right? So I think that's where you really have to protect yourself as a league and kind of, you know, stay on the preventative side of things in terms of whether you're going to continue or not. So I think you guys bring up good points. And, you know, if one potentially tests positive, it could be shut down right from there. So let's talk about coaches, though. He since went away from this statement, but Adam Silver talked about potentially coaches who are over the age of 60 because over age of the over age of 60 is kind of when you get in that age bracket where you're at, you know, a more significant risk of, you know, in terms of contact or contracting coronavirus, as well as, you know, it also being fatal. So what do you guys think about that though? Whether it's an assistant coach or a head coach, should they be able to sit on the sidelines or, or if they accept their own liability and sign some, you know, non-disclosure agreement saying, hey, you know, I take full responsibility. Should they be able to just step out there? Um, I think on this one, that's, that's, I want, I, I want to almost say that's on them if they decide to stay out. You know, I don't think you could stop a certain coach from wanting to be out on the court or, you know, on the sideline. So that's, that's just a tough situation in general. I, I don't even know what to do for that one. I think you yeah. gotta you gotta know or be comfortable 
if you really want to be out there. So, uh, points like this is what scares me the most. They it like them bringing this point up. The fact that like uh, coaches like Greg Popovich not being able to be there, um, this scares me because that means it's not a hundred percent safe. So you bring in the league back and you're saying, oh, it's 100% safe for players. Nobody's going to get the virus back because everybody's going to be tested. But hey, if you're older, think about it. I mean, dude, like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, you say it's 100% safe and it's not 100% safe because, well, these older older coaches will only get the virus if somebody's infected, and that's on the NBA to stop that. I mean, I agree with Kyle. It's on them. And if I was in their situation, I would probably not go, even though it was, like, 100% safe. But the fact that the NBA brings this up, it's sketchy as fuck, man. Like, it just doesn't feel like it's 100, they're not 100% sure about it, you know? All right, let me paint a picture for you, though. If you were you, – you, you described a great example, Greg Popovich. The Spurs will be in it. They're not necessarily in the playoffs right now, but they have, you know, an outside chance of getting in as an eight seed potentially. And you have your heart set on coaching your team in the playoffs. How can somebody tell you, you know, you're going to be up in a booth, you know, 80 rows above the stadium. You're going to be in that skybox with the microphone, you know. When your team's at the sideline, you're going to be calling plays. You're going to be talking X's and O's. If you said, you know, fuck this, I'm going to be there for my team, wouldn't it possibly piss you off if somebody tried to tell you you couldn't? Yes. It would piss me off because that would mean the league is not safe. That's what would piss me off the most. It's not like people in not telling, not letting me go. It's people saying, "Hey, it's not 100% safe after all." And that's dumb. That's just stupid. Then don't make the, then don't come back. Then don't just don't make the league come back. Just wait and till next season. That leads me to my next question for both of you. Then, if you're Adam Silver and you're in charge, would you have brought the league back or not? Kyle, go ahead first. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I mean, I like I said, I I base everything off of like what uh, other leagues are doing. I know basketball is a different sport from soccer, but you know you got to look at what the Bundesliga is doing. Look at what the Premier League is about to do. Look at what um, you know any other soccer league is about to do. Try to like work off that, and then you know whatever sports start to open up, you try to try to see like how you can improve. You know. You're, everybody's gonna have to like go off of each other and, and see how they can make the league work. So you're 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 in a tough situation. This has never happened before. You can't. There's no like perfect plan for this. So you have to. I think you have to try. Or if you want to bring the league back, you you got to make an effort. So it's it's a tough. It's just so weird. You know who who wants to be playing in the middle of a pandemic? This is not something that people think about all the time. So. It's just a really weird situation. Yeah, I, I go 100% agree with Kyle. I think I would bring it back, but I would try to focus on the examples of leagues that are back already, like the Bundesliga or the Portuguese League. So, like, try to take their measures, which are working. There are no cases confirmed by those athletes, and apply the same thing. So I would bring it back, but I would be 100% sure there. And if that that's really costly and if that brings a lot of costs then dude like you know health is above sports any day of the week and i say this as a big sports fan i i cannot live without sports and i want to keep watching sports but you want to bring it back just make sure it's safe that's all i have to say absolutely so let's say this 
this regular season formatting, whether it's anywhere from two to eight games for whatever different team, we get into the playoffs. Whatever team wins the finals, do you think there'll be an asterisk next to this finals? Do you think it'll kind of be remembered as that wonky tournament type thing that was set up for the coronavirus or anywhere from seven to 10 years from now, you know, whoever wins this championship will be remembered as NBA champs? Yeah, I I don't know if they're going to put it down on paper, you know, saying like, oh, they won, but it was during coronavirus. I I think players are just going to – they're either going to remember or everybody's just going to forget about it along with the rest of 2020. So, Yeah, man, this is a, this is a remarkable uh, spot in sports history that nobody will ever forget. That's It is what it is. And uh, although they'll be remembered as champions because they have – I mean, the, the, whoever wins is the rightful champion and – Without home court advantage, like we talk, it just means that the team was just better and was just better prepared mentally and physically. But uh, yeah, I mean, they will always be remembered as the team that won during the coronavirus. You know, like uh, there are a lot of sports moments where, for example, if Eli Manning is known as winning a Super Bowl with a helmet catch and he's still a Super Bowl winner, but he will always be remembered as the play with the helmet catch. Of course, whoever wins in the coronavirus will always be remembered as the champs with the coronavirus. It is what it is. People label it like that. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think you make a great, great point there when you bring up that kind of Eli Manning situation. You know, certainly nobody will ever take it away from them. They beat the Patriots that year. Obviously, David Tyree had that amazing catch on the helmet. But I think a lot of people do associate that catch with the win. So I think it's fair, you know, in terms of the shitty year that 2020 has been, whether it's, you know, been racial injustice or whether it's been you know the coronavirus pandemic you know people are going to remember those things and they're going to associate that to whoever wins the finals here but that being said we just got to talk about this before we end we kind of talked about in, in an episode earlier but who do you guys got 2020 corona cup champs who it is ah you know it <laughs> now i'm playing i got the laker <laughs> I thought you were going to say it. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I got the Lakers too, man. I mean, obviously, I hope that he can make a run, but um, 2020 is just a rough year for everybody, and I think for the, a good closure of the year it would be having the Lakers winning a title, LeBron honoring the title to Kobe, and it's a wrap. The Lakers yeah. just have to take it this year, you know. I think I think that's an awesome point, just in terms of how shitty 2020 has been. Like we said, the George Floyd situation, racial injustice, the pandemic virus. And then I think, you know, a big event that happened that actually gets forgotten is Kobe died. There's so much other bullshit that's happened. You know, it's kind of on the back of people's minds. So I think when we originally did the episode where we talked about NBA champs, I think I picked the Bucks. But um, just for, you know, kind of a romantic story, I'm going to ride with you guys on Lakers too. So we're, we're three for three across the board. Um, that being said, man, is, is there any other thoughts about this, you know, this new NBA format leading into July 31st? The Magic is going to be playing at home court. Yeah. <laughs> and the Magic play at home every game. That is what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing. That shit ain't going to help them. Nah, not at all. I don't know. Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they might they might as well get all those Disney characters to dress up as fucking Walt Disney as uh Shrek and uh fucking all the princess and all that other bullshit. You know, they could send them out there too. Shrek Orlando Magic can't win his shit. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And I think, wow, once again, I really want to see JR play in this format because I, I, there's a lot of teams that are talking about bringing him back. Hey, it's true, man. Once once the, the message was on that pe- the teams could bring back some eligible players and JR was on that list, there's a lot of teams looking forward to get him just for that three-point shot. And <laughs> I, I actually would like the Lakers to pick him up. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It was just Oh man, I want to see that happening. You know, Jr. back with LeBron, Robin, and Batman right there. <laughs> hey, Le- LeBron still has that bad taste of the last finals when no. that idiot fucking <laughs> dribbled out past the three point line and didn't know what the score was. So I don't know. For real, it's LeBron's, LeBron's like, I, I've seen enough of Jr. Jr. Swish. <laughs> I'm I'm done with that. They're gonna sign Dion Waiters instead. They already did, didn't they? I no, they were going. Before. They were going to before the season started, but everything kind of got put on pause. But I, I'm sure, like you said, in terms of players that are being considered, I'm sure Waiters is on that list. Too. No, yeah, there's um, there's just the requirement, and I think it's uh, you had a contract signed at some point in 2019. That's why I think it applies to Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters. That was yep. signed with the Heat. You just cannot bring players that were not signed throughout 2019 so i think like players like mario chalmers can still play because he had some contract with the grizzlies that went through 2019 i believe mm-hmm. i don't know man there's just some requirements and some players that can bring back and by that i say i really want chalmers to play for the heat for these <laughs> for this orlando run bring back chalmers baby i think maybe to summarize things <laughs> here I think we can all say, you know, up to this point, 2020 has been really difficult for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, us as sport, sports fans and us as people, you know, who avidly follow, you know, we're happy to see the NBA coming back on July 31st. You know, it's been tough and it'll kind of bring a little bit of light into our lives. You know, we'll be able to kick back on some weeknights and weekends and kind of just watch hoops. And I think we can all agree that's something that we love to do, right? Definitely. That being said, I think I think we've reached our end here on episode number nine. Thanks for tuning in. The Between the Lines podcast, as always. We'll see you next Thursday. Go Nets.